Hi, and welcome to our podcast, Real Estate with Howard Drew Karsh. For those who don't know me, I'm one of the co-founders of the largest independent real estate brokerage in Canada with over 5,000 agents. Um, I've also been on the board of directors of the Toronto Real Estate, Toronto Regional Real Estate Board for two terms. I've also been on the board of directors of the Real Estate Council of Ontario, RICO, which is the regulator of the real estate industry in the province of Ontario. And I currently sit on the board of directors of the company I co-founded. If you're interested in more about me, you could listen to the introduction podcast, which talks about my early years, um, my journey to get to the company I co-founded. Um, and it's just kind of a fascinating route of a lot of twists and turns to get to this uh, successful position that, uh, that I was able to do at the, the end of my real estate career. Um, our podcast is different. It's not the typical real estate podcast. Our focus is on talking to real estate agents, real estate brokers, developers, um, media people, and even some people outside of real estate. And the idea is, how did they succeed? Because this is really a difficult business. Uh, there's roadblocks, there's setbacks, there's failures, lots of rejection. But the main thing is, you have a goal, you follow the trajectory, even though it's not a straight line, um, and you, you keep working towards the goal. And the people that you'll be meeting on our podcast are people who have figured out how to do that. Um, my own background in the business was I was, uh, for 20 years, a real estate salesperson. Um, and the role I took on was the idea of being a manager, um, broker of record, president, uh, and in every step, I was involved with recruiting, which is the interviewing and hiring of salespeople. And there's just something about certain salespeople that just were fascinating. They, there was a spark about them, a professionalism, uh, an energy, and, and those people stuck with me. So uh, when we decided on who would we want to invite on our podcast, uh, Christine Denty was one of the people we hoped would agree to do it. And uh, we're fortunate that Christine is with us today. So... Christine, welcome to our podcast. No, thank you, Howard. Thanks for having me. Uh, one of the things, as I mentioned, uh, we're always interested in how do I meet people? Well, I met you at one of our branches a few years ago, as, as you probably recall. Um, mm -hmm. And that was just something that really stuck, stuck with me. And we've talked over the years when, when I was uh, involved with the company, more, uh, more than I am now, that is. And um, I think the thing that I've always found fascinating with anybody is their background. So tell us a bit about your background. Um, uh, let's start with your family. Where, where did you grow up and what kind of influences did family have on you? Okay. Um, well, I grew up uh, way up north uh, near Petawawa. And then my family, my parents had moved to Ajax when I was 12. Um, which I'm, I'm, I feel fortunate because, um, you know, I was able to grow more uh, in a more urban area, uh, especially to navigate different careers. Uh, one of the careers uh, that I did navigate was banking. I started at uh, Canada Trust as a teller. I had no formal education background, and I ended up leaving there 10 years later as a financial planner. And then I went to Scotia McLeod as an investment advisor. So I was always quite determined. Uh, even in a, in a role in which, you know, you're getting paid a salary, promotions, you, you know, you've got your schedule and all of that. So I was able to excel in those roles. And when banking uh, was, uh, you know, getting more intrusive on my time as far as, you know, having that nine to five schedule that you had to 
people feel regardless if people are walking in the door or not. I found that it was compromising my family life for my two my two uh, young daughters at the time, which is why 11 years ago, I decided to get into real estate. And my daughters were about six and seven when I made that choice to get into real estate. And I've never looked back. Yeah, clearly you haven't. It's been great for you. What about uh, influences from uh, your family members? Were people involved with real estate or business or no, was there anything there was like? No one. Uh, I was probably the only, you know, sort of office <laughs> type person in my family. Yeah. Uh, so no, I didn't have any, any influences. My mother was a school teacher and my father was a hydro security guard. Uh, so from a very young age, um, around the time when I was 19, I always sort of pictured myself with a briefcase and a, and a London fog jacket, but I didn't know what role that would be. Uh, and when I was in banking, um, I, I did enjoy the, the capitalism, the financial and, and guiding people along through the different stages of their lives. But I found that I did desire more and I wanted to break free of the walls and do something a little more creative and something where I had a little more control uh, about my marketing and how I portrayed myself and, and, you know, with my own business. So not a lot of influences, to be honest with you. I just sort of had a dream and a vision of, you know, vaguely what I wanted to do, be in business and be a businesswoman. Uh, and real estate was really able to, to fulfill that for me. It, it, it What's interesting is that Having a vision, even though it wasn't clear to you what, what you'd end up with, I'm sure was really helpful. Um, it was. But in, in your career, the other thing I like to find out, because I, you know, I can relate to these things, how important was persistence, um, hard work, luck in your career um, when you started? What were the biggest challenges when you got into real estate? Uh, the biggest challenges was sort of uh, having that... Um, that self-esteem and security in yourself and to keep that going when you're not getting a lot of sales, when you're getting a lot of rejection, <laughs> because I, like many who uh, got my real estate license, I, I got it back in uh, 2009. To be honest with you, I my first six months, I, I had a really hard time. I thought, I got my license. People are going to be lined up to use me. I'm going to be rich. Oh my goodness. Well, guess what? That didn't happen. Um, so I suspended my license for about three months because I was just frustrated and I ended up getting pulled back in through a team. Um, and then I realized, okay, I'd rather work as an individual. And then I, I continued to pursue uh, real estate. But the hardest thing, honestly, was to keep yourself motivated, even when times are tough and you're getting a lot of rejection and people are outselling you as far as being hired to, you know, buy and sell for clients. Um, you just kind of have to keep getting back on the horse and figure out different ways to, to deal with that sort of that disappointment and, uh, you know, the low self-esteem and the rejection. Yeah. I've always found the important thing, cause I, I did sell for 20 years is you have to have this confidence in yourself. Mm -hmm. um, because when you do, the rejection isn't going to set you off. It's not going to uh, make you stop. You have a goal, uh, and you want to keep going. And uh, you know, I, I you know, I think you develop that uh, in the beginning of your career. Were there any really big influences that that kind of helped you get going? Hmm, that's a good question. Finally, um... a good question. <laughs> really good question. Okay. I wouldn't say there there's any one individual, but um, I was at a different brokerage and, and you see some dream teams and you see some star agents. And I, I can't really uh, say that there was one in particular, but I would see these, you know, this cluster of agents doing so, so well and wondering how are they 
successful and I'm and I'm not. How do I get to be from where I am to where they are? Actually, it just popped in my head. One one agent actually that that I did look up to was Mary Roy. Um, she was someone that uh, even when I was a teenager, I'd see her her ads around Ajax, and and then I saw in the back of a bus it was you know she speaks French and and all of that, and she uh, she was selling homes in the Durham area, which she still is. Uh, so she's she's someone I highly respected, but and this is before I even knew I wanted to get into real estate. So when I did uh, eventually do a deal with her, I believe it was around 2011 or 12. I was really, really, really excited. I was a little starstruck, <laughs> to be honest with you. And uh, I actually had the opportunity after, because um, it was multiple hours, to sit down with her and and just have a, a nice conversation with her, um, just to ask her those questions for myself. Um, she asked me if I would be interested in joining her team, and and sadly, I'm you know still even today pursuing real estate on my own. But uh, you know, if I was to join a team, I that I would probably think about joining hers only because she was someone I looked up to for, for decades. I've always found that successful people, if you ask for help, are not, uh, they're not hesitant to help you. And, uh, right. and I think, you know, I just think that's the nature of, of uh, successful people. They're, they're open to help other people. A mm -hmm. um, couple of things that I always found interesting in, in my career was the, the concept of loyalty. Um, you know, one of the biggest problems in the business is the, uh, you know, you, you've got a client, you think, you know, they like you, you like them. Uh, you're on your way to a supermarket, you drive by their house and there's someone else's sign on the lawn. Um, mm -hmm. Things mm -hmm. like that. Um, how, how do you handle those kinds of, I mean, everybody's, I think, had them. How do you, those, or, or the phone call that says, Christine, you're going to be so excited. And you go, why? And it's because I bought a house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? it does happen. Right. Um, the, the way to handle it, I would say is right away move on, get your next client, because we can really be bogged down with those disappointments. It's happened to me. It's happened to my colleagues. Um, it's happened to amazing agents and, and, and not amazing agents. It's happened to everybody. It's almost um, like I almost would say it's like a little bit of a, an analogy, a sports analogy. I'll use baseball three out of 10 and you're winning. Mm -hmm. So if you get three out of the 10 clients that you thought you were going to get, you know what? You're not doing that bad. Um, so you really have to go up to bat or you have to go up and, and, and play again and keep playing the game and trying to get the next score. Um, so when it comes to real estate, the sooner you can get over those, you know, those instances, the better you are. And secondly, if someone didn't hire you, honestly, it's probably not their fault. It's your, it's your own, um, obstacle that you have to overcome. So if I realize, okay, someone used someone else, I ask myself, well, why did that happen? Perhaps I wasn't, you know, answering uh, promptly enough. Perhaps I wasn't around enough. Perhaps I wasn't top of mind. So I'm going to look at that and I'm going to analyze myself. I'm going to move on from, you know, the pain of not being, um, you know, hired as their agent. But the most important thing is to, to objectify it and say, you know what, what could I do better next time? And I'm going to do that. I'm going to correct my business in order to be able to get the next client in that same manner. And you know what? I have friends and family um, and clients that have used me and they've done that to another <laughs> agent as well. Right. So it's all part of the game. It's actually quite a normal part of our business that you really have to go over quickly and try to improve your business based on, on you know, those, those events taking place. And I think the way you, you look at uh, a thing, let's call it not a success, could be called a failure, is mm -hmm. how do you learn from them? I mean, that's really the important part. When, when, when you've done what you did, which is 
um, make notes or re, you know go through it again. Um, that that's really helpful. Uh, you know, in my own case, just like anybody, when I was new, I'd think about why didn't I get that? What did it, what could I've said differently? What language should I have used? Um, mm -hmm. And you just keep improving. And you know, with each transaction, you get better. You get more confident. Um, and of course, you know this too. The ultimate goal in this business is a referral business, where mm -hmm. someone says, "Oh, you're thinking of buying or selling." Oh, Christine is the best agent. And you know, you don't get there unless you've been, in their mind, the best agent. So, um, you know, it's, I mean, that's why I like talking to you when we talked a few times. Is you just seem to have a real professional attitude. Uh, you weren't you weren't um, bitter about the business or or or, or you know uh, bitter about things that didn't go well and I think that's that's a, one of the goals uh, you should have in in business and in life to just keep moving forward in a positive way. So you know I'm, I'm um, what would you here's a question I have. Uh, what advice would you give to new agents? Uh, in order to acquire more business? Someone um, comes into the business and they go, Christine, you've been in the business since 2009. And uh, I'm new. Uh, what would you suggest? Uh, what I would suggest is in order to to attain new clients, um, you, you have to think and put yourself in their shoes and and think, you know, how do I become their agent of choice? Um, you know, so so put yourself in their shoes and, and who has um, been remarkable in your life, whether it be someone who's your insurance agent, someone who might be your financial planner um, or someone in, in, you know, a sales type of environment. Who has stuck out to you? What are they doing that has impressed you in order to use them and say, you know what, that's the person that I want to use. Um, so some of the activities that I do is I I try to keep top of mind by having honest and um, genuine uh, communication with my clients, friends, um, acquaintances that, again, it's genuine. So if they have uh, an event and it's a charity thing and it's rather small, community-based, I'm going to show up. You're going to see my face. If uh, there's something that they care about and they post on Facebook, I'm going to to, to write something meaningful. Um, nothing's worse than getting um, chain email or, or 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 like this constant monthly emails and it's and it's uh, not genuine. It's not direct and personal. I really try to avoid doing those. I try to have genuine communication with people. I call them. I stay friendly with them. I check in on them. I, I try to keep, you know, as much on top of sort of what's going on in their lives as I can. Even though our database, it, it grows and grows and grows. One of the most important activities you can do is just trying to stay top of mind and always sort of being around being that that realtor that is around because they're more likely to choose you if they heard from you yesterday versus three months ago. That's uh, when I would talk to new agents uh, uh, or anybody who's hitting a wall and they're not they're not successful right now and they're getting depressed. I'd say just go talk to your past clients. Like it's a mm -hmm. war. It's a warm relationship. And I don't know why more, more people don't do it. Clearly, you you understand that because like you said, the, the next day somebody may come along and say to them, you know, I have to move. And they go, oh, I just spoke to Christine. I think I think it's really important. Um, mm -hmm. Here's something that, again, it's it's about the business and it's about life. What are the biggest challenges that you've had to overcome? Uh, I, would, 
I'd say um, with sales, I mean, it, you're going to have some good years and you're going to have some bad years. And being able to weather that storm, um, a lot of times they'll say, well, and I've, and I've heard this before, uh, if, you know, you have a partner that makes a steady income, then you're able to, you know, have the ups and downs. And, and I think that that's incorrect. Um, I think you just have to be able to weather the storm, have confidence in yourself and say, you know what, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this, whether it's tough or whether it's easy. And, and when it, it does come easy, don't have the false sense that, okay, my business is good and rolling. You still have to do the activities that you had to do in order to generate the business because, you know, things that I do today are going to turn into a sale maybe three months from now or six months from now. They're going to be later, maybe even three years from now. Um, so not to get too confident when things are good and when things are bad, you have to be able to pull up your pants and say, no, I'm going to keep going and have that confidence. Um, so you have to be able to weather that storm and have, they say a thick skin. I would just say an outlook of having a routine every day, do the same activities, whether you're having, you know, some luck or not, you, you keep doing those activities, you keep doing the routine, you keep learning, you keep growing so that you can experience sort of more of a, a steady uh, incline of your income rather than the up and down roller coaster uh, that a lot of us do experience. Uh, so I think the tough thing is just trying to weather that storm and, and, and put some systems in place for yourself that are diehard, that you're going to do every day regardless. And that's when you're going to see success and you can see your income and your sales and, and your database grow along with that. Well, when your clients see this podcast, you're going to get more business. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Here's here's again. This is a personal philosophy that that uh, you know, I, running a business and 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 in running your own real estate business, the key thing I've always found: markets change, uh, people that you 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 have in your world change, and uh, I, I love the expression um, from uh, Mike Tyson that everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. And and it's adaptability, right? It's adaptability that keeps you keeps you moving forward. Um, have you had to figure out mm, situations where, oh, wait, I thought my business was going this way, and then it's going another way? In fact, let me kind of in, interrupt before you even answer. Let's talk about the book you wrote because that was also something that I found really fascinating. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, you know, if you if you don't mind, could you actually put it uh, on screen? <laughs> I don't know if it shows backwards or not. No, it shows but... <laughs> great. It's the girlfriend's. Oh, I just lost girl... it. Yeah, the girlfriend's fabulous guide to real estate. Okay, so let's talk about that because to me that was adaptability. That's you know, becoming a real estate agent and becoming an author. Um, tell us about that that journey. How did you decide to write it? Uh, what were the benefits of doing it? Um, tell us if you have another book on the way. Your 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 turn. Okay, so with this with this guide and, and I am uh, with, with something like this, which is a self-help manual, um, you do have to keep current. Uh, so a lot has changed since I've written that book. Uh, it was published uh, and put to market in 2016. And a lot has changed since then. The mm. foreign buyers tax and all kinds of, you know, uh, land transfer tax and government policies and mortgage policies and so many, so many things. Um, but these are the same things that challenge our clients because uh, the reason uh, why I wrote this book initially was because I, like every realtor and broker, uh, my clients have a lot of questions and I wanted to be able to address these questions sort of in a self-help way that, you know, was able to guide them 
uh, you know, uh, behind the scenes so that I didn't get an email about what's this, what's that, what's this, what's that. And, and sometimes you can get really, uh, like I said, bogged down with that, but I wanted to give them something that was written by me. I knew the content in it um, so that they knew how to navigate real estate and answer some of these questions for themselves. And that way, when they didn't need my help, it was for the bigger things um, and for the more physical things and, and emotional support and all, all of that. Um, and I pretty much had it already written just through some of the uh, marketing and media that I had already in place that I was sending the clients, um, you know, yet another email and another email. And, and you know, it, it, it becomes to a point where you're just bombarding people with maybe too much information that they don't want or need. Um, now the other, um, the other thing, I had an epiphany, um, through my business and being a woman, I found that a lot of women are looking for the information and most of the guys out there were either American based or really sort of from the voice of, I found very neutral or from a male perspective. Um, whereas with women, we are quite different than men when it does come to, uh, how we spend our money. Uh, and some of the information that we're looking for. I had this insight when I was a financial planner and I had to assess my clients' risk. Um, and men take more risk than women financially. Mm. Um, and this was something that through all of the research and everything as a financial planner. And I thought, you know what? Having this in the back of my mind when I was dealing with my female clients, I actually found a similar trait in my female real estate clients as I did with my investors. Um, so sometimes the information that we're looking for is a little bit different. And I wanted to have something that was, you know, sort of written in a casual manner that was a little more interesting than, you know, something that was overly formal with big words and abbreviations and all of that. And very much like invest, invest, invest. This is just basically, you know, the, there's a buying um, guide in here. There's an owning manual in here. And there's also a selling guide all within the same book. So uh, it, it doesn't matter what stage of the real estate transaction that you're in or considering. This book has all the information that pretty much someone would need. They just open it to that page and they've got the information. As a realtor, this has helped me tremendously because it has shown my clients that, um, that uh, you know, this information I think is important for them to have and that I was able to accomplish this to give them uh, something extra rather than just, you know, doing the sale. Okay. Thank you very much. See you later that I actually cared uh, that much about the business and about my clients to to have something like this put out there and put to market. Oh, good. I mean, I, I thought when I met you, I thought that was a smart move on every level. And, and I think that that's why, again, I thought, you know, I don't know any other uh, real estate people who, who've, uh, you know, done their own book. Um, so I have two other things I want to ask you. There, there was a question I, I, you know, I didn't want to get to too early in the game. So this is it. Um, what would you tell your 20 year old self uh, if you had a chance to do that? <laughs> what would I tell my 21 year old self? Um, I would say that uh, every day, take some time, even if it's just 30 minutes, take some time to explore and, and grow your mind into an area or into like, whether it be the same thing or something different, just to sort of expand your mind um, and, and grow and learn something new. Because what I found is, you know, I was a very, I had a very curious spirit when I was younger. All of my accomplishments have come from those extra little things that I did each and every day that I would set that time aside for myself to grow my brain, grow my experience and, and, 
you know, give myself something rewarding, um, at least mentally uh, and intellectually to take forward with me when I'm older. All the things that I did when I was 20 and I was grinding it out, doing different things. I do extra research at the bank um, just so that I knew more. I ended up as a financial planner. I only have a high school education. So I would say as a 20 year old person, I, I would probably wish I had done more of that on a more consistent basis. And that's what I would tell uh, the younger people of today, you know, get off your phones. Um, it's not all about social media to pick up a book or read something online and give yourself some kind of insight and some extra education outside of, you know, sort of maybe just the, the role that you're in or the schooling that you're in to, to grow and expand your mind beyond just, you know, the, the four walls that you're in. I always found that to be a really interesting question, and that's why I was kind of holding it off till the end. Um, one of the podcasts I listen to is Matt Matt Higgins. Matt uh, is a successful businessman. He's also been on Shark Tank, um, and he had you know, this was his kind of answer to that question. He said, "When you're younger, people uh, spend a lot of time worrying about or thinking about what other people think about them, but then as you get older, you realize." Nobody really cares. They're just invested yeah. in their own life. So I think young people, you know, that, that would have been something I think I, I would have told my, my younger self. Don't worry about what people think. Like, just do what makes sense to you. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so um, here's something that I think is topical. And uh, it's about what we're dealing with today with, with um, the, you know, COVID and the pandemic. Um, if you were getting into the real estate, first off, would you get into the real estate business now knowing what's going on? And if you, if you did, would you do things differently than you did when you first started? Um, I, I certainly would if it's something that I was interested in. I would still pursue it um, because, as you know, uh, you know the, the housing market is still there. People are, are going to be buying and selling still. And I, and I found that... Um, you know, the market is still growing despite the fact that COVID is is happening and it's going to be happening for quite a while. Um, now, and as far as the business, I mean, yeah, you have to adapt more to technology. Uh, so that's really, really important if, you know, someone who is entering the real estate uh, industry today is that you're you're one with technology and realize that your clients probably aren't. So so be able to, to do a lot of handholding, do that extra work to make your clients comfortable because everybody's kind of scared right now. So you have to have sort of that insight and wear your client's shoes um, in order to know what they're going through, what they're afraid of, what they're looking up, the information they need in these changing times. And you have to really put yourself in their perspective and do uh, a lot more handholding than we ever had to do before. And that's really important, I find, like with COVID and everything that's happening today. Well, if I wasn't licensed, I'd use you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and you know what? It's it's been a pleasure having you on our podcast. Um, I think you really represent not only yourself but the industry well. So um, you know, on behalf of Realcast, our uh, our production arm of uh, the podcast, I want to thank you, uh, Christine, thank for you. taking time out. You look great. You're surviving well, and uh, you know we'll stay in touch. Thank you very much, Howard. Thanks a lot. Okay, bye for now. So thank you for joining us on our podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please like, comment, and subscribe. Um, and also, we'd love to hear from you uh, with any suggestions or any comments. Um, anything you'd like to tell us, you can reach us by email at info at rewithhd.com. Or you can see us on the web at 
rewithhd.com. Take care, folks. Be safe. We'll see you next time. Thanks.